This podcast is a love letter to my VAs, OBMs, and PMs out there. I see you. You started your business for the freedom. You started your business for your family. You started your business for a million other reasons that only you know. But you're stuck and you're struggling. Well, no more. Get ready to move. Get ready to grow and learn together. We're here to work through the tech, work through the growing pains, and work towards a business that you can fall in love with over and over again. See that woman over there who's running it like a boss? Let's go ask her how she did that. Hello there, and welcome to episode 44 of the podcast. Today, we're talking to Sheila Cummins. Sheila is a business coach, consultant, and speaker who helps entrepreneurs scale a profitable business without drowning in debt, forfeiting family time, or working in their sleep. Through her fluff-free business strategy and hands-on support, she helps her clients and students, including me, lose excuses so they can find the breakthroughs, cash flow, and joy in their business. Today, Sheila is sharing the five barriers to business growth and how to break through them all. So let's go ask Sheila how she grew her business. so much for being here. It is so great to have you on the How She Did That podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. I run a coaching and training company that's dedicated to helping women entrepreneurs launch, grow, and scale their businesses. And we offer a variety of group programs, private coaching, online training, And our whole mandate is that we meet our women where they are in their journey. And I call the journey the road to seven. And what that means is we are all on our road to seven figures and beyond. Whether we want to reach the seven figures or not isn't the issue. It's that wherever we are on that journey, we have different needs and different support needs and different focus needs and different action needs. And we like to meet you where you are to help you get to where it is that you want to be. Fantastic. And you are one of my coaches and you have just already in such a short time been so transformational in my journey. And so (laughs) thank you for that. And that was one of the reasons that I was like, you have to be on season three of the podcast because a lot of our listeners that are going to be listening in, especially for season three, are on that precipice of where they're, you know, they've been making income for a while and right. now they're ready to kind of like turn it up and turn it into high gear. I love so, it. One of the things we want to talk about, we're going to talk today about the five biggest barriers to business. Mm-hmm. I know that on my journey, there were so many things that I didn't even think about when I first started <laughs> that would be things for me and that would come up, you know, in my gut and in my spirit as I grew and also just like practical things that came up. So can we quickly do an overview of what these five things are? And then we're going to take more of a deep dive into it. Absolutely. So what's so interesting is people often want to just dive into the structure and the system that's attached to a barrier. I'm not making enough sales, so I need to improve my sales process. I don't have enough new people, so I need to work on my marketing process. And while that is very important, it is not everything. In fact, that's only 20% of the problem. And so where I sometimes like to focus and where I always begin with women who are in our programs 
is on the inside part of it, the mental part of it, that other 80%, which is the mindset, which is a word that entrepreneurs hear over and over and over again. But the reality is in order to fix the outside structures, we have to do an inside job. Mm -hmm. That's how I like to say it. And so if we just quickly hit on those five things, the number one is our relationship with money. And this is what comes up time and time and time again. And it's also linked to barrier number two, which is time. And so here's how I like to link the two. We choose to look at money as being finite Mm -hmm. and time as being infinite. And we jam so much into a 24-hour period. And then we think that there's never enough of the other, of the money to get us where we want to be. So we got to put more time and it becomes this vortex that we fall into and it becomes so hard to get out of. Mm -hmm. And so what I challenge your listeners to think about is money is actually infinite and time is what is finite. No matter how hard we try, we never get more than 24 hours in a day. And trust me, I have tried everything (laughs) to jam 26, 27, 28 hours into a day, and it just doesn't work. So the third thing, so money and time are the first two. The third thing is we as humans are actually afraid to feel discomfort. And I'm going to say that boldly. And the reality is, Our emotions are not an emergency and it is a-okay for us to feel discomfort and for us to be afraid. Where we want to align is to understand how to mitigate the discomfort in a way that we stay in action. It is okay to be uncomfortable. It is okay to, I'm going to say the F word, to fail, (laughs) Yes. but really it's okay to have learning opportunities because that is where our growth is sitting. So being okay with discomfort. The fourth thing that I see all the time is our inability to trust ourselves, to trust our processes, to trust that when we are in action, doing the right action, what it is that we want is going to come to us. And that is the place of huge vulnerability. And because we have trouble trusting, it means we also have trouble asking for help. Whereas that pivotal moment, and I think you and I have talked about the importance of coaching in both of our business growth journey, when you're at that intersection of growth, the one thing we have to do is ask for help. Mm -hmm. To ask for help, we have to be vulnerable. In order to be vulnerable, we have to trust that someone else can help guide us and support us. And that also comes to hiring and and building on our team. You know, we, we hate to think that somebody else can do something better than us, when in reality, a lot of people can do a lot of things better than us. But we need to be vulnerable and ask for help and trust that they will deliver. I love that. I love all of that. <laughs> yeah. And then the fifth one that we we talked about was that, and this is, it, Dr. Shafali was the one where I got this, this phraseology. So it's not mine, but it is something that I see time and time again. And that's this idea that we mask excuses as facts. Mm-hmm. And so the one that I like to use, we're recording this in June and we're just coming up to summer. And the one excuse that people use as a fact over the summer is, well, nobody buys in the summer. Mm. And so they are a-okay having their revenue go down because they are accepting that as a fact. Mm. When in reality, we all buy in the summer. Yeah. Sure, we may be working different hours. We may be having different relationships with how we're consuming content. But 
those who are saying that they don't sell in the summer are those who actually stop selling and making offers, in which case they are absolutely proving themselves <laughs> correct. Nobody is going to buy if you're not putting offers out. So that's how I like to illustrate that idea. I love that. So let's go through each of these in the lens of somebody who's probably been making, you know, in the good four figures for a while, four or 5,000, because I know that that was my first like major benchmark, you know, in my virtual support journey. And then, then I started seeing people who are making $10,000 months and $20,000 months and realizing that was possible. So in the lens of people who are, you know, in the mid probably like $50,000 per year mark in their business. What do we do with each one of these mindset blocks and barriers to business growth in order to hit that next pivotal, which is that, you know, golden six figure mark? (laughs) Right, right. Well, let's talk about money first. Because really, as women, that seems to be our biggest hang up. Mm -hmm. And without going too deep into why, just know that a lot of us are just entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. We just run a business. We just help other people. And I remember coaching one of my women through the sale of her company and and she was made an offer of 21 million for her company. And her conversation with me was fascinating because she said, but I just work out of my basement and I just work in my pajamas all day. How can that be worth 21 (laughs) million? And what we forget to do is look at the impact of our work on others and the impact that her company had is global and it transformed children's lives and it transformed their learning curve. And it was just, she just built an amazing thing and she did end up selling. But I think with the money thing is if we want to look at it through a practical stance, Tasha, I think it's important that we look at our cash flow. Yes. And by flow, I mean money comes in and money goes out. And so people probably fall in one of two camps. Either the money comes in and they hang on to it and they're not willing to let it go for fear that it stops coming in, or it comes in and they let it go because you know, for whatever psychological reason, their subconscious doesn't think they're worth it. They don't feel like they're sharing value. They don't feel like they should have it. They're not accustomed to having money. And so if we can put a structure around the cash flow and know that money's going to come in, we hang on to some, we flow some out. What I like to do is look at it through percents of income. Mm -hmm. I think it's really hard to have very firm money barriers in place each and every month because that can be prickly. Yeah. And our our income does go up and down. And you know, one of our jobs is to create consistent income and create a budget to that. But I call it the 30-30-30-10 rule. I live in Canada. We pay inordinate taxes here. <laughs> and so the very first thing I do twice a month is look at the revenue that came in in that two week span and put 30% into my tax savings account. What that means is when the tax guy comes calling, he is the one thing that you can guarantee is they will find you at some time (laughs) or other that money is sitting there. And the hopes is that you have more than enough to cover his bill so that we can start creating a bit of a bucket in every two weeks, 30% goes into your personal bank account and you pay yourself. And there's so many women out there who will not pay themselves or think that they pay themselves once all the other bills have been paid, but that's backwards. Right. We have to pay ourselves 
and pay our bills. Absolutely. It's not an or. And so 30% goes into your pocket. And it means that you won't always be pulling the exact same amount out of your business. Mm -hmm. What it means is that you're keeping your ratios consistent. Yes. Then I like to put 30% into my operating budget. And that's our outsourcing. That is allowing you to invest in marketing because marketing is the number one investment that women entrepreneurs resist investing in and they must. Yes. They must. And so that 30% goes into operation costs. And again, the goal is to have a buffer. We want to be building up having more than zero in our accounts. And then that leaves 10%. Well, the 10% is your profit. I love profit. <laughs> right? And that profit doesn't just sit there in your account staring at you. It gets invested in a high interest, compound interest earning account so that you can actually be building some wealth. And so if you can stop and put that system behind the money, we can continue to have cash flow to be able to invest in growth. You and I both know that business growth is expensive. Yes. And so sometimes you've got to pull 20% and then put an extra 10 in your operating you know, it just, yeah. that is the way that it goes, but we have to understand that we can always make more money, but we don't always want to spend everything that we make. Yes. I love that. And I think the money piece was so, it's, it's still one of the things that I work really hard at being better at, you know, and I'm definitely in the camp of, I'm not used to having as much money as I'm generating in my business now. Right. And so all of a sudden I'm like, where did it all go? <laughs> and so, you know, it comes in and then I spend it right. right away. But that's why like this year I got a virtual CFO, helping me with the percentages, all of those pieces. Once Good. again, that help piece, you know, to be able to, to say, I want to be better with this. How can I be better with it so that I can grow my business? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it's, you can see these barriers are all connected because there is a level of trust that has to come into this. Yes. Trust that when we take the right marketing moves, what we want to earn is going to be coming in. Mm -hmm. And really, I think there's so many of us that attach our self-worth to our money and to how much is sitting in our bank account, whereas our money and our revenue is actually completely separated from us. Mm -hmm. All our money is and our revenue shows is that your marketing and your sales processes work. Yes. It has nothing to do with us and who we are. And we have to be able to disengage from that whole notion of, oh, well, my revenue's down, therefore, you know, yeah. nobody can that I'm a fraud. Nobody's going to, you know, we can't go down that vortex because it's just lethal. Yes, absolutely. So let's talk about the money and the time management. We're kind of together. So let's talk about yeah. the discomfort piece. Yeah. So the discomfort is the whole idea that we go to great lengths to keep ourselves comfortable. We go to great lengths to keep what is perceived as negative emotions at bay. And we drink them away, we use drugs to keep them away, we use sex to keep them away, we hide in Netflix to escape from the day-to-day. -day. And when we can allow ourselves just to feel and just to be in the moment and let it be uncomfortable to take those bold moves, I call them power moves. And a power move is any action that you take that's going to help you get to your goal. Mm -hmm. And when we can shift to that place of being in action, acknowledging the discomfort 
and then moving forward anyway. It's the only way to move forward is to step through the fear and the discomfort. And so if we don't eat the discomfort away, it's okay if we feel discomfort for a little bit because comfort is sitting on the other end. And the greater the discomfort, usually Mm -hmm. the greater reward is sitting on the (laughs) other end. (laughs) But growth is uncomfortable. There's no way to step around it. Yeah, it's absolutely uncomfortable because your mind is always saying the what if, you know, what if I fail? What if this doesn't work? What if I'm not as good as I think I am? Or, you know, if I raise my prices and, you know, what will people think about me? And those sorts of things, always saying that to you. Yeah. You know, that whole what if entity is a way that we keep ourselves safe. And one way that I like to work with my women to work through that is to make a what if chart. Mm -hmm. And what if paint the worst case scenario. And then in one column, put down absolutely the worst case scenario that might happen. So let's go with raising our rates. What would happen? What would be the worst case scenario of raising our rates to meet market value, by the way, so that we are actually in the competitive space? Well, I might not get any clients. Okay. So then the second column is what can I do to mitigate that risk? What can I do to prevent that from happening? Mm -hmm. And that's where all of our marketing comes in and our positive thinking and our you know, anything that we can do to make sure that that doesn't happen, we have to trust that the right people will come in. And when you raise your rates, there's always a lag time where you go through a couple sales conversations and people say, no, 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 no. And then you get the yes. And then that price becomes your new norm. Mm -hmm. It's just the psychology that we put behind it. It has nothing to do with the price. Yeah. I love that. And um, I had a therapist years ago who did that what if exercise with me. And so I do it with my coaching clients Mm -hmm. with my VA. OBMs now too. And the, what I try to show them is, you know, the worst case scenario is never that you will die, that the world will explode. You know, it's one of those things. And when we put it on paper or say it out loud, it loses its power to, you know, to control us. And we see that it's not anything major, that most of it is in our head. I agree. My daughter is, oh, she'll kill me for telling this story, but I don't think she'll hear the podcast. She's um, just turning 11. And fair enough, as women, we've all been through puberty and our bodies are changing and she's highly self-conscious of her body at the moment. And she has to start wearing a bra. Mm-hmm. And her biggest fear is, well, what if somebody says something and makes fun of me? <laughs> and so we went through the what if exercise. Yes. Good. You know, yes. the, the worst case scenario was she would be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely the worst. And right. so then we talked about, well, how can we mitigate the embarrassment? Well, I can just keep telling myself that my family loves me. I can just, you know, be thinking about how, how sorry I am for them that they have to make fun of me in order to make yeah. themselves feel better. So we went through this whole yes. list to <laughs> mitigate it because it is a growth move. Mm-hmm. 100%. Love that. So trust vulnerability. Trust oh. Oh, this is a huge one. <laughs> you and I both groan at that. <laughs> Our biggest fear is the vulnerability. And do you know where I see this the most? Where? Is hiring. Yes, absolutely. We, we all can grow our business to a certain point with no help. We can all be a solopreneur and build up to a certain level, but then we're going to hit this ceiling. Right. And if we don't hire help, we're not going to be able to get through it. 
And the hardest thing is a, for people to identify that they don't have to have their hand in every single pot Mm -hmm. when it comes to making their business and trusting that somebody that they bring in will be able to uh, deliver results better than they can, which then opens up another can of worms for them of, well, if they're doing all that, where's my significance coming from? Where am I important? And so that whole asking for help, hiring up, I love to say, we got to hire up. We got to hire people that are more expensive than us because they know. (laughs) And we've got to interview properly. And we, you know, we always have a probationary period when we hire of three months to make sure that they are worth their investment and they are worth the weight in gold and they do get results. And, you know, there are things that we can put into place before they are an integral part of your team so that trust can be built. But I think we think, you know, bookkeeping, for example, is often one of the first things people hire out and they think, okay, that's good. I don't have to touch my books anymore. Whereas that then makes it fall in the neglect bin. Mm -hmm. And I hired a bookkeeper and didn't even look at my books for a year and a half and let me tell you, she messed them up so badly that it not only cost me thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, I had to open a whole new clean book of business so I could start fresh. Oh my goodness. But it's because I just put it in the neglect bin and I didn't manage her, not micromanage, but manage her as an employee of my company and oversee what was happening and what was going on. And if I had taken, you know, half an hour week, I would have noticed what was happening. And, you know, what a great learning for me. But then of course, you know, me hiring somebody new takes a huge amount of trust. So we've got to mitigate that trust and onboard our, our employees slowly and consistently and set them up for success. And so we can mitigate that. But if we want to grow, we have to let people help us. Yes. That is so important. And it's such a huge lesson that I've learned through my business, you know, and, and through building the launch guild. And I think like every month I find myself being able to like release the reins a little bit more, you know, which feels scary, but at the same time, I know the systems that I now have in place and the team that I've built over time and being able to trust them, you know, more and more little by little, but yes, what an opportunity for vulnerability, but also an opportunity for growth when you do it the right way. But I love how what you said is so key. And I, you know, I think a word that I like to use with my women is we need to be powerfully patient sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so what you said is I didn't just jump into letting other people do all the systems and run with it and not know what was going on. I let it go a little bit by little bit each and every month Mm -hmm. and get accustomed to shifting to a place of being a business owner. And you have to be patient through that process. Even if you don't want to do that activity tomorrow, we have to take the time to be able to to just shift into trust in a way that works for us. And if you're starting to get to month two or three and you still have shifted, then we need to talk a little bit about being a power enthusiast. Yeah. And you also have to be patient in knowing that it is going to feel harder rather than easier for a little bit. Yes. That's the trust piece, right? Yes. Trusting that this will work. Yes. Now let's talk about the last one, excuses as facts. Right. So I I use the illustration of, oh, well, I don't sell anything over the summer. Mm -hmm. And so what we end up doing is because we're thinking that we end up not making offers or selling over anything over the summer. And that's fine if that's what you want in your business. 
However, if it's possible that you want something different, then we need to take different actions. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to blame a slump in sales in Facebook's algorithm, or you're going to blame a slump in sales in the economy, mm -hmm. of course, they're going to have repercussions, but it's not a fact. Yes. The fact is we have to adapt our actions regularly to get the results that we want. And so if we're in a sales slump, instead of blaming something else, we need to stop, reflect, and go back and look at A, us, what is the mindset that I'm bringing to my sales right now, and what are some different strategies that I can take to get me to where it is that I want to be? The excuses as facts, and I love what you said on that, and the excuses as facts that I see in the virtual support space, mm -hmm. um, the number one one is, well, nobody will pay that. No, Exactly. And so it's impossible, basically, especially when you're a solopreneur, or even if you have a small team to be making five figure months consistently, when you're only charging 15 or $20 an hour, like it's exactly. impossible. There's not it enough is. time, like you were saying in the beginning, you know, there's not enough time to make that much money. And so I like to ask them, well, do you know anybody you know, who is making X amount? Well, I'm, and I'm sure they usually do, you know, and then go ask them, are they charging 15 or $20 now? The answer is going to be no, right? right. <laughs> so right. somebody out there is willing to pay more for the expertise that they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And you know, it's whatever story we tell ourselves is 100% correct. Mm -hmm. I can do that. I can't do that. I can charge that. I can't charge that. Mm -hmm. Listen, you can go get coaching for 50 bucks an hour, or yeah. you can go get coaching for 5000 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's still coaching. Yes. <laughs> and then the question becomes like, are you is it good coaching all of those pieces? But there you go. Yeah. That, well, that's the other side, yeah, it, right? Totally, and I think totally. when we undercharge, we're sending the message that we're really not as good as our competitors. And yeah. there is a you know, level that a market can sustain, but why not be at the higher end of that level than at the lower end? And what we want is people to say, she's an investment, but boy, she's worth it. Yeah, I love that. So last question before we wrap up. What's yep. one thing, one power move, because I love that phraseology, one power <laughs> move that our audience can make this week to create a breakthrough in their business growth? Talk to people. Oh, yes. yes. I'm just going to challenge you right now. The more people you talk to, the more clients you have. And when we talk to people, we're not only talking to people who would be a great client. We're just simply talking to people because what we want is access to their network. Yes. And so the more friends that we make, the more conversations we have with people who are either a good fit or not a great fit, the better because often the not great fits may have a network who needs you. Yes. So we just never know who it is that we're speaking to. And so if there's one thing you do this week, it's talk to one more person than you did last week. So if that. you talk to zero people last week, then have one. If you talk to one, have two. If you talk to two, talk to four. Double it. Yeah. That's my challenge. Thank you for that. Yeah. So can you tell us about the quiz that you'll be sharing with our audience? Absolutely. So when you're on the business growth journey, wherever you are has different needs and areas to focus on. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do a lot of teaching about is using power moves. And a power move is an action, it can be big or small, that you take every day to get you closer to your goal. Mm -hmm. 
And so the quiz will help identify where you are in the business growth journey and help you pinpoint what actions you can take that will help get you to the next level. Fantastic. And where can we find you online? Oh, well, there is only one Sheila Cummins, <laughs> spelled S-H-E-L-A-G-H, <laughs> for Sheila, and C-U-M-M-I-N-S, no G, for Cummins. So you can find me on Facebook, Sheila Cummins. You can find me on Instagram, Sheila Cummins, on LinkedIn, Sheila Cummins. You can email me, Sheila at Sheila Cummins. You can, you know, send me a bat signal with <laughs> Sheila Cummins on it. it just... I, I'm everywhere as Sheila Cummins and I do answer my own emails and my own DMs and PMs. And if you ever need anything, just reach out. I also have a wonderful Facebook group called the Women of Action Facebook group. And it is a collection of women who are dedicated to making consistent power moves in their business because they are on their road to seven, wherever they are and wherever they want to end up, they are welcome. Thank you so much. That's it for this week's episode. Make sure you head on over to thelaunchguild.com forward slash podcast to read the show notes and grab your free download so that you can start implementing what you've learned right away. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend, leave a comment and subscribe. Remember to keep smashing your goals and pushing forward. You've got this.